first of all, it should be clear for people in the United States and in the free world that it's not war of Putin against Ukraine. This is the war of Putin against, first of all, the United States. And he's saying it absolutely openly. Just listen to him. Alexei Goncharenko is a member of Ukraine's parliament from the southern city of Odessa. Mr. Goncharenko, thank you for joining me on Ukraine Watch. In the last few days, we've seen an increase in Russian drone and missile strikes in the areas of Ukraine where, at least for the last few months, there has been relative calm. Long-range strikes on civilian targets have been a large part of how the Russians have been prosecuting this war, and the results are clearly tragic. Are you confident that Ukrainian forces will be able to effectively counteract these strikes going forward? That is a problem, uh, and sure, we need to to, to deal with it. Um, fortunately, Ukrainian uh, air defense and our army intercepted more than half of the missiles which Putin used uh, this week to attack our country, and majority of Drukhanikadze drones, Iranian made, which is also using. But they are doing it just using old Soviet air defense. So we hope very much that finally, after these awful tragedies, the free world and first of all, uh, United States will hear the, our request for uh, air defense. We see finally some movements in this area. Uh, you, yesterday we received the first uh, modern uh, air defense system from Germany. And uh, during till the end of this month, we should receive two more systems from the United States, NASAMS. But it's certainly not enough. Because just, for example, to, to defend one big city of my native Odessa, we need at least three such systems. And they're not giving 100% defend, but like serious defend. But we need three just for one big city, at least three. And as I said, we just received one from Germany and maybe two more very soon from the United States. Unfortunately, we are rejected in Patriots, which we were asking for the first day of invasion. Um, so that is the situation. Ukrainians have been rapidly regaining territory in their counteroffensive, but Russia still control large parts of the country in the east and the south. Um, do you think that there is any possibility of a resolution to this war through a peace deal with Moscow? No, I think that unfortunately Putin, he destroyed all the ways to negotiations with his annexation of Ukrainian territories. It's hard to imagine how we can now find solution uh, at the negotiations table because about what to negotiate. Ukraine is ready to negotiate about Russian troops retreating from our country, but we are not ready to negotiate about any giving up of our territory. Uh, so it, it's quite hard to, 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 to understand how negotiations with Putin can happen. Just recently, I'm now coming from the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe, Parliament of the Council of Europe, which unites 46 countries, uh, made accepted a resolution uh, calling Russian regime terroristic regime. It's very hard to make negotiations with terrorists. 
Are you concerned that Russia will resort to using nuclear weapons? That is concern. And uh, unfortunately, on every possible crossroad, Putin is choosing the worst possible way. And if he will continue this track, uh, he will, in the end, he will be in the position where he will be very desperate. And he could think that uh, to go nukes is his last chance and last argument. So we need to work today to prevent this to happen. That's what I'm sure in. And how to do it? I think that we have two ways and two areas so to work. First is diplomacy. But here is not enough of the free world. We should reach China, India. They also, because it's also not in, not in their benefit to have a nuclear war. So, so we should give a signal to Russia, to Putin, that he will be complete pariah if such disastrous step would be made. And then the second part is military. And here it's the question to the United States, first of all, that Putin should understand that then there will be military answer to this step. Certainly not nuclear. Nobody wants a nuclear war. But using a conventional weaponry in the U.S. and NATO are absolutely possible to, to make, uh, uh, to cause unbearable damages to Russian military. And this step will be just a suicide for Putin and Russia. So I think these two things should be made now to prevent such development of the situation. When we hear in the West the argument that, you know, people in Ukraine, there are, there are populations that speak Russian and thus they have an affinity towards Russia or some kind of relationship with Russia that would cause them to have more more positive view of Russia. How do you, how do you react to that? mistake uh, in the West, uh, that, that was in Ukraine before 2014. Like me personally, I thought that Russia is okay, our like, biggest neighbor, our friend, very close country. Uh, I believe in the big Europe from the Divostok to Lisbon. And uh, millions of Ukrainians uh, thought the same way. But then we realized that uh, Europe from Lisbon to Vladivostok in Russian understanding it's like when Lisbon is like Vladivostok. But our understanding was like when Vladivostok will be like Lisbon. So um, when Russia started aggression against our country in February 2014, like from many, many of those who were considering Russia as uh, as a friend, that was a shock and uh, that was complete change of our attitude to them. It happens with you personally. But even after this, there were a bunch of people who still tried to see bet best in Russia, I mean better. But these people were finally convinced when Putin started to send missiles on their hands. So today in Ukraine, there is nobody, I think like literally nobody, who has sentiments to Russia and to Putin and to his regime. And not only to Putin, because not only Putin is guilty in what's going on, uh, but the whole Russian society. This society is ill, revanchistic, aggressive, and uh, they, 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 they have their own responsibility for what's going on. Before 2014, were you hopeful that 
Russia had a future, a democratic future? Yeah, absolutely. That was like uh, what many people believed in, and also in the West. But now, after 2014, everything is clear. You traveled to Russia after the annexation of Crimea, isn't that true? Yeah, I, during the annexation I went several times to Crimea trying to change the situation and uh, like helping Ukrainian veterans there. Uh, once I was attacked there, beaten by pro-Russian guns. Uh, uh, now, after annexation, I've been there once. It was the day of national flag of Ukraine. At that moment, I was president of Odessa Regional Council, and according to my responsibilities, I should raise at this day flag of Ukraine near in Odessa, you know, Odessa City, Odessa Regional Council building. But I decided that it's more important to do it in Crimea, so I went there and raised Ukrainian flag on the Idea Tree Mountain, which is the most famous Crimean mountain. Uh, and I'm referring to, I, I think I've seen clips of you on Russian state television arguing the pro-Ukrainian position on their networks. Yeah, that was the um, uh, end of 2014. Uh, I was invited to Russian TV, and uh, at that time we still had a flights to Russia, and, uh, uh, and I decided that it's important. It was a life, but it was life to like Eastern part. Russia is a big country, to Eastern part. So I came there, and I said that Putin is killer, that it's Putin who started this war, and that was something which they were not prepared to hear. Um, after this, I've been to Russia once. It was end of 2000. Oh, it was uh, end of February 2015. After Russian opposition leader Boris Nemtsov was killed, I knew him personally. I decided to go to Moscow to to say farewell to him. And in Moscow, I was arrested. Uh, at that moment, I, mean, I already was a member of the parliament of Ukraine. And I was arrested, like, uh, beaten by Russian police. And only when big scandal started, uh, uh, then I was released by Russian authorities and left uh, Russia. That was my last time and I visited this country. So you were not only arrested and beaten for basically expressing your opinion in Russia, but there have been attempts on your life, haven't there? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, there's also like two times uh, they um, tried to organize my killing, one time kidnapping. The first time was like uh, kind of a funny one. It was uh, spring 2014, and they just took two guys who were taking part in pro Russian rallies in Odessa. They were just ordinary guys, one barman, one I don't remember somebody. Uh, but not any connection with military. And uh, first they gave them some leaflets to distribute, and then they gave them uh, a gun, $2,000, something like this, and said to kill me. They were shocked with this. 
drank vodka in the evening and then came to next morning came to Ukraine and Secret Service uh, to surrender. So they even didn't try to, to, to even to plan something. Uh, second time was not so funny. It was in one year. It was spring 2015. They were planning like a big rebel in, in Odessa. Uh, sabotage actions and so on. They organized a group of former veterans of Afghani war with pro-Russian views. And these people knew what is how to use guns. They received weaponry and money and they were preparing these attacks and also one of their aims was to kill me. Fortunately, the, all of this was intercepted by our secret service. All of them were arrested and uh, they received their sentences. And last time it was February 2017, when uh, one of uh, leaders of pro-Russian party in Ukraine, which is now forbidden, uh, he uh, decided to kidnap me, and he uh, organized it. Uh, but those whom he tried to use in this, they also informed our secret service. So when the moment was, uh, there was uh, like, uh, in, I don't know how to say, there was like false uh, announcement that I am kidnapped. It was even made in the parliament for, for them to be sure uh, that uh, this happened like they planned. So he arrived personally with acid, in, he has acid with him because he wanted to burn down my eyes, something like this, terrible things. He was arrested by Ukraine Secret Service. And then, uh, before the court started in like half year, Russia exchanged him on Ukrainian prisoners of war. So they showed clearly who stood behind this. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next, was uh, you mentioned that this was a you know, Ukrainian politician who was pro-Russian, who was behind this last attack on you, but you're saying it, it's really the Russian government that was behind these attempts on your life? Absolutely. If not, why they would change this uh, criminal if that was not their plan uh, on Ukrainian prisoners of war? Yeah, it seems like those um, diversion tactics by the Ukrainian special services to give false information to the enemy that someone was either killed or kidnapped, uh, saved a few lives, not only yours. That's true, and uh, I'm very thankful for this. What, what do you think is the motivation? Is it just anti-Ukrainian uh, anti sentiment? Why are the Russians trying to kill you? Why are they prosecuting this war? I know that's a broad question, but it, it, there doesn't seem to be a reason behind any of this. They have their own reason. They want. Uh, they see Russia as an empire which should expand, and uh, Ukraine as their colony, which uh, they want to take back. And all those whom they consider to be a problem in doing this, they try to eliminate them, and uh, uh, they tried to do it several years, like in hybrid way. Then finally, they they decided to do it in open way by uh, aggression. There have been previous political revolutions in Ukraine, notably the Orange Revolution and in 2014 the Revolution of Dignity. Uh, do you see 
Russia being behind attempts in those times previously to take control of Ukraine politically? Sure, absolutely. In 2004, in 2000, especially in 2014, and in 2014, that uh, there was this uh, revolution of dignity it just prevented uh, the Russian occupation of Ukraine using our own government. Uh, so, I mean, he tried to do it like in style, like now they occupied uh, Belarus uh, using Lukashenko's regime, which is, became kind of their go-lighter in Belarus. So, they wanted to do the same using uh, Yanukovych, uh, that was their understanding, uh, and that was prevented by people of Ukraine who stand uh, in revolution of dignity. It seemed that at that time, what motivated Ukrainians to resist more was the brutality of the regime. When students were beaten, um, it seemed that the protests were winding down before that in 2014, and then suddenly there was a, a large outpouring of people that, that demonstrated in the city. Um, do you see that as a parallel now, that all with all the brutality of the Russian regime and what they're inflicting on Ukrainian civilians, it, it, does it seem to make the resolve of the Ukrainians even stronger? Absolutely. That's uh, what's happening. Uh, they always uh, try to terrorize Ukrainians, and it simply doesn't work. And I think the reason of this is that Ukrainians absolutely clearly understand and realize what will be if Russia would prevail. Um, also, because we see this genocide which they organized against Ukrainians in the occupied territories, but also historically. Like uh, in the 1930s, uh, there was a genocide of Ukrainians organized by yeah, Soviet Russia. Uh, millions uh, died. Yeah. So we, we clearly understand that for us it's to be or not to be existential. And uh, because of this, we, with all these tactics of, of terror, trying to scare Ukrainians, that doesn't work. I think that is the reason. So do you see what's happening now as a genocide? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's happening in the occupied territories of Ukraine and in general is genocide. There is United Nations Convention on Prevention of Genocide. And there are, there are five clear criteria of what is genocide. And even if one criteria is met, it's already genocide. But unfortunately in Ukraine, we all five criteria are met. So we have public announcement of Russia that Ukrainians as a group just do not exist. That Ukrainians are just Russians, but like bad Russians, which should be fixed. Uh, also, so the second is the forceful deportation of people, first of all children, and in order to change their identity, and that's what we see today. Number three is sexual crimes. Unfortunately, we have them. No. Number four is the destroyment of cultural heritage of the group. And we see like they're burning books, destroying monuments. And the last is mass murders. 
and unfortunately we also have it. So like it is clearly genocide and it is already uh, designated as a genocide in number of parliaments, including uh, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Poland. Uh, now this uh, this bill sponsored in U.S. Congress by Representative Cohen, whom I have an honor to know personally, uh, and uh, that is absolutely right to to call what's going on in Ukraine as a genocide. So Ukrainians are clearly willing to fight, and they've also shown the world how capable they are at defending themselves, but they obviously need continued Western support, and that's extremely costly. What is your response to those in Europe or the United States who would argue that the cost of supporting Ukraine is too high? argument is very clear that is first of all it should be uh, clear for people in the united states and in the free world that it's not war of putin against ukraine this is the war of putin against first of all the united states and he's saying it absolutely openly just listen to him he says it that uh, this is my war against the west against united states against anglo-saxons we call different names, but everything is about one country, about United States. So this is his war against all free world, but on territory of Ukraine. So that is our common war, not just Ukrainian one. This is a unique moment when the United States can win in this war, not losing any so any one soldier, uh, just by providing weaponry to Ukraine. So I think this is absolutely unique in any way. If Ukraine would lose, then uh, the only way for there will be a big war where American soldiers and officers already would die. And uh, so that's why I'm sure that that is the moment uh, for the United States to finish finally with this Russian empire, just helping Ukraine. And this is absolutely unique opportunity. Well, Mr. Gunshadekar, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. I, I hope we can speak again, and I hope it's under better circumstances. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.